Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF and our Turning Red interview with Rosalie Chang. I loved Pixar's latest movie and love our adorable guest, a lifetime Bay Area resident who voices the lead character, May, and she's got a great story behind it. She does. She's so determined. Um, She has an amazing story. She was actually hired by Pixar to do the scratch recording, which is just kind of like the practice recording so they can get the hang of what they need when they hire the real actress. But she actually got the role and was shocked. And another tidbit is that she had to keep this secret from like all her friends this whole time. So this has been a huge secret effort of hers for four years, but the movie's out now and it's really great. You have to promise me that if you're ever secretly hired by Pixar, you're going to tell me, right? I can't promise you that. <laughs> that you, you sign a contract. Um, I might give you a little hint, okay? but I might just start doing the voice of whatever <laughs> they want me to do for whatever movie it is, all the time. But I will not tell you. I mean, you sign a contract. This is a big deal. There are lawyers involved, Heather. Well, I'm very good at getting information out of people, so I will get this out of you. (laughs) Okay. Well, when the time comes, we'll find out. Um, We also added to the great places that we've recorded on location. I remember when we used to record only in the Chronicle Archive, And we've been to Sutro Tower, the roof of the Oasis Drag Club, a Ferris wheel, and now we've recorded an episode at the San Francisco Zoo, and the animals behaved very well. They didn't interrupt (laughs) us. Yes. Um, We got to see the zoo name one of its red pandas, um, May, after the main character in Turning Red. And then we got to record right outside the Red Pandas exhibit. It was awesome. Yeah, I didn't know going into it. I was worried because I'm the one who does kind of the engineering. Red Pandas, pretty quiet creatures. I was glad to know that. And a little trivia for you. You're getting no warning here. At 16 years old, Rosalie is the second youngest guest ever on Total SF. Can you name the youngest? Well, we had a baby once. Is that who you're thinking of who rode every Muni bus with his dad? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think the baby was interviewed. So I'm not going to count that. Uh, I'm talking about Max Mahmood, the drummer of the death metal band Iron Front, who is aged 13 years old. You were not there for that one. Yes, I was not there. So it did not come to mind. But we have had the occasional baby. But yes, Rosalie's definitely one of the youngest guests ever. And one of the coolest Yeah, super cool. I think people are going to enjoy this interview. Turning Red is streaming on Disney+. Plus. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, who does not turn into a red panda when she's angry. She turns into a historic streetcar. This is total (laughs) SF. What? That is so random. I'm leaving that part in where you say this is so random. This is total SF. Thank you very much. 
You ready to go? Yep. One more test. Testing, uh, testing. Testing, testing. Rosalie, uh, what'd you think of the red panda? I'm just testing here. Ah, the red <laughs> panda at the zoo. Really cute, of course. Oh my god, so cute. I wanted to take it. <laughs> yeah. I Did you know a lemur was stolen from the zoo recently? Stolen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a whole... How do you... Wow. We should just start the podcast now. There's a whole history of animal theft at the zoo. Yeah. They had a, a Koalas. Spider monkeys. Yeah. Multiple spider Gosh. monkeys were. Yeah. Oh. So, I can't imagine what that be, they'd steal them for. Well, the koalas were stolen by teenage boys who wanted to impress their girlfriends on Valentine's Day, but no then nobody way. knew how to take care of them. Are you sure? <laughs> really? Yeah. Are true you story. Sure? This sounds like you're making it up. I'm not. No. I, wow. We're legit journalists. We do not make things up. Yeah, we will. Wow. We will send uh, Mike some links for you or the Pixar right. people, so you can you can do a book report on it or something. <laughs> you're gonna wow. get an A. <laughs> Zoo theft history. That's crazy. Rosalie Chang, welcome to Total SF, uh, our San Francisco Chronicle podcast, and um, wonderful day at the zoo. Can you help us describe what we just saw there? Because uh, I'm, I'm having trouble uh, putting it in words. There was a dedication. There was yes. a cake. Oh, yeah. So here at the San Francisco Zoo, we are naming a red panda, Mei Li, after, the char after my character, Mei Lin Lee, in Disney and Pixar's Turning Red. How did you feel to see a panda named after your character? It's crazy. I, I always wanted, to, ever since I got involved with this project, I wanted to like personally meet a red panda, but <laughs> to actually have it named after the character is just so fitting and I'm really excited. It's a little smaller than the panda in the movie though. A little <laughs> bit, yeah. So they had cameras here and it's all set up. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like there's a thousand things that can go wrong. Anytime you've got like essentially a wild animal, that panda was like, it's like it, it was acting for the camera, did everything perfectly. It's like Pixar had it on salary. Oh, for sure. Um, I think something about red pandas, fun fact about red pandas, I feel like that they have a lot of personality, but they can also be super lazy and just want to lie around. Like the first one came out, she just... Uh, May, the first son who came out is May, and she was uh, just eating, eating bamboo, eating the little cake we gave her. Not actually cake, but some sort of wheat yeah. concoction that humans would not enjoy. And then the second one, uh, he, the second red panda came out, and he was like working it for the camera. He just he went all the way to the to the top and was like posing and all that. Yeah, he's like name something after name me after something Pixar. Yeah, you know, there was definitely that. I don't think he liked May getting all the attention. Yeah, Heather and I were talking about it. Like, I want to take this panda home with me. It for looks sure. so cute. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, like, if I were to get fired from the Chronicle, that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to go out. <laughs> Well, enough about animal theft. Um, this movie, I absolutely love the movie, and I've heard a little bit about your story. Um, you're a Bay Area native? Yep, Bay Area, born and raised. So how do you get involved with a Pixar movie? How does this start? Dang, so I started just acting in general when I, when I was nine, and maybe, um, maybe a year later, I was 10 or 11, I uh, just got, I got an agent and then she just sends me on auditions and then I 
do them. And then when I was 12, she sent me on this one audition and it was a little one called Pixar from Pixar. And I actually didn't really think much of it because I've gotten auditions from big companies, but nothing really ever came of it. So I just did it and then they're like, oh, got a callback. And I said, all right, great. And then I went to the callback and it was actually, it took place at the Pixar anim official Pixar animation studios. And it was just such a magical place. And the recording booths are huge. Usually they're really small with just enough um, wall, enough space for a person to stand. So, um, it's yeah. A, the studio, it's beautiful. I mean, it's like sure. this, it's like a Willy Wonka type thing going on. Yeah. Um, you walk on there and were you a Pixar fan going on? Absolutely. My dad introduced me to all the Pixar and Disney movies when I was younger. So to finally, uh, to finally be a part of one is so surreal. And I mean, when I, in the callback, I just did it and I met Domi, she the director and Lindsay Collins, the producer, Julia Chill, the writer and a bunch of other people. And then I went home and I was just like, I couldn't believe what actually just happened that I went to the Pixar studios. I didn't even know they were in Emeryville. <laughs> I thought they were in Los Angeles, like all the other big companies, but no, they're right here in the in Northern California. How did you approach it? I mean, were you given tips? Did you go in? I mean, because you don't know too much about this character. Yeah. Do you going in? Going in, yeah. I, I just had this one sort of monologue that is actually really different from, from really different from any of the lines I've actually recorded for May, but going to it, I just, I read it and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see who, who this girl is all about. And then of course, Domi, she um, gave me a lot of directions to tell me who exactly May is. She gave me a lot of tips, but the one that stands out to me the most that I feel like was the kind of the moment everything clicked and I booked it was when she said, all right, now can you say it as though you just drank 10 Red Bulls? <laughs> and then I did it as though I drank 10 Red Bulls, which by the way, I don't know how that actually feels. That's what I thought. <laughs> and then I get an email a few days later saying that I booked it, but for scratch recording. So scratch recording is just they just needed a temporary voice because it's pre-production. So they're still figuring out the plot and design the characters. So I didn't actually book it. They just needed a voice to animate off of for now. Then two years later, um, they bring in, uh, Domi brings in this documentary camera, says, oh, we're just doing a little behind the scenes thing. And I said, okay, give me a page to read off of. And then at the end of that page, that's when Domi announced that I officially booked May Lynn Lee. <laughs> I officially booked May Lynn Lee, and and now I'm here. Two years, another two years later. How did you feel when you learned that you were the actual role? I was shocked. I was just kind of frozen in disbelief because I just couldn't believe it. Because I was kind of I was dreaming of that moment for two years. Actually, during the entire two years I was recording for Scratch, I would look at, I would repeatedly look at Anthony, Anthony Gonzalez, who's the voice of Coco, and the moment he booked it, because they also brought in a camera and, um, <laughs> and did this whole um, on-camera reveal that he's the voice, official voice of Miguel and Coco. And I was like, oh, I was dreaming that that would happen to me. <laughs> and then there we are. Wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> when I go to Pixar, there's like, if I go in a room and I'm taking photos, there's usually someone who's making sure there is nothing in the background that's on a movie coming up. They're super secretive. Are you allowed to tell any of your friends this? Who even knows that you're working on the movie? 
throughout the entire process until until the announcement that I was the action was the voice. Um, they didn't know. I could not tell them because they're all, they're actually always asking me like, oh, what's their next project and whatnot. And I said, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so to keep that secret for around four years. Four was, years. Oh my god. Let's just say I can keep a secret. <laughs> so you were twelve when it started and sixteen now. I, my last recording studio, they were able to schedule it on my actual birthday, my 16th birthday. That's a good birthday present. Oh, for sure. And then they, at the end of my session, they brought out these cupcakes and Aww. it was great. And it wasn't wheat. I hope it was like actually chocolate or something. Unlike it was actually the- carrot cake. It was, it was pretty, I'm actually, I actually don't like, I don't like carrot cake, but that was really good. So, yeah. I mean, it was from their actual bake, their like Pixar bakery, which is crazy. Jennifer Johnson, the chef. I'm sorry, I did a story on her. Shout out Jennifer Johnson. Yeah, I'm shout sure out to her. <laughs> Those carrot cupcakes are good. <laughs> now that the movie's out, how does it feel that it's out in the world and and it's mm. getting really well received so far? It's funny, but um, I can't. I still can't believe that it's released right now and people can watch it right now because because I it feels like it's already released it's already it's already been released for a while now and this is kind of the result but the fact that it's already getting so much attention and the boy and pe- most people haven't even seen the movie yet so I just can't wait for people's reactions we'll be right back after this short break Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How, how much of it did you see as you're doing the voices? Are they showing you storyboards? Are you getting dailies? Or when you sit down and watch the movie, is it a pretty big surprise to you? Well, from the time when I first saw the concept photos to my first screening, and the screening that I, the first screening I saw was not actually production. It was just kind of drawings put together, like storyboards. Um, so just like, um, like line drawings of the actual character speaking. And it was very rough. From that, the gap between that was a solid year and a half, year, year. so (laughs) it was a long time before I saw anything. And then, yeah, throughout the production, I very rarely saw any sort of scenes or any sort of designs or characters. So what was it like to see it all put together for the first time? Crazy. (laughs) Um, They invited me to the Pixar wrap party for Turning Red. And it was such a fun place that everyone from Pixar and I think Disney as well, just coming together, being so proud of their own work. Because I think a lot of um, animators and people behind the scenes don't get enough credit for just how much work, so much hard work goes into these movies, all these intricate details. And to see everyone just be so supportive of each other and seeing the movie itself, seeing my voice come out of a different a different mouth. <laughs> At first, it was really weird. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But as I mean, I've watched it four times so far, so I've gotten used to it. 
So at what point can you tell the world? And then at that point, who do you tell first? Do they just give you a call and say, all right, you can tell people you're in this movie. And, and who, do you, who do you call first? Who's your first phone call? Well, when the time I was able to announce it when the teaser trailer came out. They actually announced the name of Turning Red um, at like Investor's Day. So I saw the, that was my first time seeing the whole, the actual character design, the official character design. And then I don't know how, while later, then they released the teaser and then it's like they announced the, the main two cast, me and Sandra Oh. And that's when I was able to finally tell everyone, all my friends. Um, I first, well, first I um, announced it on Instagram, but then I just texted my two best friends who actually didn't have Instagram. <laughs> and they were shocked, of course. Nice. And do you relate to the character of May? Do you guys have a lot in common or are you pretty different? Oh, for sure. Um, I think difference, um, difference-wise, I'm definitely not as confident as May. I really admire um, how she's um, how she doesn't care what other people think. When in reality, I actually do I tend to be really self-conscious. But something we both have in common is our drive and passion for anything we set our mind to, and also just the mostly the relationships that she makes throughout these movies, especially her friend, like her, first of all, her friendships, her kind of squad, if you will. I have a squad back home who I've known for my entire life, and I know they always have my back, just as Miriam, Priya, and Abby do for May. And, and most, um, the most obvious one is May and Ming, her mother. My relationship with my mom is so, so similar to their relationship because my mom and I are both very opinionated people. I got that from her. However, our opinions are different. <laughs> so then we clash so much. We clashed this morning, in fact. <laughs> what did you clash about this morning? Her clothes. She's like, don't you need a jacket? And I'm like, no, I'm fine, mom. <laughs> oh, I know. She woke up super early to help us. And I'm like, why did you wake up early? And she goes, to help you guys. And I'm like, you don't need to help us. But she wants to help even though she's honestly making things worse, <laughs> asking us questions all the time. Well, I'm on her side. I have a 16-year-old son, and yeah. this morning I'm like, you uh, can't wear shorts today. We're... <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been there. Um, yeah. 2002, I, one thing that really struck me about the movie is that 2002, it takes place then, and I'm like, 2002 is nostalgia now? We, we were both working at the Chronicle <laughs> yeah. still in 2002. What do you do? You, do you go back and like research that period? What do you? Gosh. Obviously, I was born in two thousand five, so oh my I god! Was not oh my god! <laughs> that that hurt the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I was not alive at that point. However, I think overall it was pretty similar to now, except just people aren't on their phones the entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially since this is set in Toronto, and I've never been, at that point, I've never been to Canada. In fact, I just came back from a press tour for Toronto, which was really fun. So, I think just Domi Shi, the director, and her guidance in telling me what exactly is going on and what these certain, these things were, but some things like they have they wear these slap bracelets. Like I totally had those when I was younger. I still have some now. I think <laughs> boy but, bands are still a thing. Do you have a favorite sure. boy band? I'm I'm a big K-pop fan. So literally anything K-pop, boy band or girl band. So if I was gonna name a few specific boy bands, it's like 
17, BTS, NCT. Girl Band is like twice, Blackpink, um, Red Velvet. I can, I mean, I can go on and on. This entire podcast. <laughs> we can do a be, sequel. Yeah, the entire podcast can just be naming my favorite boy bands and girl bands. Heather, what was your, did you have a boy band? Ooh. You, 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 you're right in that territory. Yeah, probably Backstreet Boys. Yeah, nice. that's a good choice. How about you? I didn't have a boy band. Um, I was more like, you know. Did you have a band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really liked when they came up, uh, Duran Duran. I just thought they were so cool. Sandra O, that's Sandra O's uh, boy band, too. Yeah, I mean, we're around the same era, (laughs) and yeah, no, they were Did you get to work much with Sandra O? Because she is amazing. Um, Unfortunately, I did every single recording session I had was just by myself. Oh, wow. So I didn't ever get to record with Sandra. However, um, before the press tour started, um, she invited me over for lunch, and I got to meet her for the first time, and she was just such a nice and warm person. So fortunate to have her by my side doing all this press stuff. Such an expert, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we um, talk a lot about San Francisco on this podcast, and you grew up born and raised in Fremont. How often do you get into the city, and what are your favorite things to do here? Ooh, I my family goes into San Francisco for going to the zoo or any like there's like a science museum i believe academy of sciences yeah yeah or just just going out if we need to if my mom is like you can't get out of the house and do something then we come to san francisco or if i have an audition a lot of the um in-person auditions took place in san francisco so are you a big, uh, it's very, very rare that we get to talk to a celebrity who also oh. rides BART like we do. Uh, Fremont Station, yeah. BART ride, are you are you a big BART rider? Not a big BART rider, but I have been on the BART. Sometimes I, uh, my dad, sometimes I go to my, I go to work with my dad. I don't know why. I think there was like a period of time where I was getting distract, too distracted at home, so my mom was like, go do your homework at your dad's office, and I did. And we took the bar each time, I think. Nice. <laughs> um, what, what have you got uh, uh, outside, of, outside of voicing this? What, what other kinds of things do you do? Are you in plays? Are you doing um, commercials? I'm definitely, before um, this whole Pixar thing, I was more, I was definitely more into live action acting, but then, then my mom took me to a voiceover coach, and I was with my voiceover coach for a year before I booked this role. So, honestly, in the future, I'm just I'm just waiting for any opportunity life throws at me. Yeah. Well, this is a pretty big opportunity for a 16 year old. So, ah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Are you gonna see it in the theater? Or have you already done that? I've seen the movie four times. Three out of those four times were actually in the theater. The one time was so that way I could review because just in case I have any questions about the actual movie, I'd be like, I forgot the movie. It's like, okay, we'll send you a link and then you can watch it. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. Last question, just like, is it all sinking in? I mean, you're in a Pixar movie, you know? Not really. I still, I still don't, I, don't, I still don't feel any different, honestly. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the movie just released today, and so. <laughs> I'm just excited for audience reactions and whatever opportunities Turning Red brings me. Well, it's great to meet you, and I loved the movie, and I I hope to see it again as well. Yeah, we're going to see it this weekend uh, at the Grand Lake on the big screen. Oh, that's really nice. I saw it with my son. We both loved it, bonded over it, and uh, 
Love the movie. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, because your son's 16, right? Oh, I got a 13. So oh, he has so two. The, so I got the. So the you third, went through it twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, very much. Milo and I are going to go see it again. Nice. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, thank you, Rosalie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Thank you.